that you can uh, take a look at. Um, uh, I don't know if I'm showing up or if it's still Trevor showing up. Can someone tell me? Oh, okay. All right, great. So, um, I sent you a chart. The reason I did that is because there's so much to be put on this chart that I can't get it all on there. So I'm trying to work with that. I'll, I'll bring it up and show you, but I hope you have your own copy. Don't get rid of the other ones because we'll need those as well. So let me go ahead and uh, begin. We're looking at the events of the end times. Our perspective is to avoid replacement theology and getting the gospel wrong while we look at this systematically. So we've been looking at the sequence and timings of certain key events of the end times. We already saw an overlap between the present creation and the new creation, and the overlap in the restoration of the kingdom to Israel and the new covenant with Israel and with Judah. We then established that the last days, which lead up to the day of the Lord, began really with the first coming of Jesus, and is characterized by increasing denial of godliness and holiness and all the things that Paul uh, writes in his letter to Timothy. In the last series, we rejected the idea of a secret rapture and identified the gathering of the believing dead and living at the second coming. So last week we looked at the signs that Jesus said would come immediately after the great tri tribulation. Those are signs in heaven, the sun, moon, and the stars, and the signs on the earth, blood, fire, and smoke, as the wrath of God is poured out on the earth by the seven angels. Um, now, we looked at the various descriptions of the signs in heaven in the Gospels, and then we looked at John's explanation in the book of Revelation, where he places a parenthesis between his description between the sixth seal and the seventh seal, which begins the wrath of God uh, and the angels, the seven angels with their censors. What he saw was 144,000 Jews sealed so that the wrath of God would not affect them. He also saw a great multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and languages standing before God who had come out of the great tribulation by martyrdom and were now being comforted. Two important keys are to be found here. One is that there is a chosen remnant of Jews who are chosen to survive the great tribulation, while the majority of Jews and Christians who live at that time will not survive it, but that remnant will. The second is that we're forewarned so that we might escape its terror and death. In other words, they will be for certain protected. There will be others who may be able to escape. We are to pray that we may be able to escape in that sense. It's important to note that the wrath of God and the great tribulation, which we're going to talk about today, overlap as well. God will pour his wrath out on the earth, and mankind will then persecute the saints, that would be Jews and Christians. And this is the same thing that happened in the uh, plagues of Egypt, where God put his plagues on Egypt, Egypt put its tribulation on Israel at that time. 
Now I'm going to show you this new um, chart that I sent, and uh, so let me see if I can get this to uh, share. All right, and you can uh, you can see that all right. We see it great, Bruce. Okay, great. Now, I don't want you to lose the previous charts, but remember that there is much to look at in these events. You've all probably looked at Google Maps, and everything is on top of each other, and as you open it up, they kind of spread out, and you see they're not next to each other. They actually have a sequence. Well, that's how this works as well. So the last days, if you look at the chart, move towards the end times. Now what I'm going to do is have you look at the far right. We're going to go back from the right to left because I'm giving you these in the reverse order because you've been taught in the forward order and I will be in conflict with all the things that are going in your mind. But if I can establish these things from the far end back, then I think it'll be easier for you. So at the far right, you see the new creation in its fullness after this present heaven and earth have completely passed away. Before that, just to the left of that, you see the restored kingdom of Israel, which Christians call the Messianic kingdom. This is when Christ will rule over all the nations. Before that is the resurrection and gathering of believers at the second coming. And before the second coming are the signs in the sky and on the earth. So I want you to keep that in mind. Now you'll see this seven years and you'll see the great tribulation. You can keep looking at that if you have that. But I'm going to drop it here from the screen at this point. We're going to look at some passages. The first one is uh, Daniel chapter 9. So if you'll turn to J Daniel chapter 9... We're going to look at a few verses here um, that will give us a context for this time that is generally called the Great Tribulation. In, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, now you, re, you recall uh, the context of this. Daniel is uh, thinking about the 70 years of exile that Jeremiah had predicted, and he's praying to God and repenting to God and repenting on behalf of Israel, and Gabriel will show up and say, hey, uh, I'm, I'm here to give you the answer to your prayer. So we pick it up at verse 24. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people. Now, who is Daniel's people? Israel. And your holy city. What holy city? Jerusalem, which is now lying waste. To finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to build up in everlasting uh, righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, that is to bring everything to pass, and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks, this seven weeks is seven sevens, so it's interpreted as years, there will be uh, seven weeks of years, so that, and 62 weeks. And it will be built again with plaza and moat, even to the time of, in the time of distress. Then, after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off. Interesting term. 
and have nothing. And the people of the prince who are to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And its end will come with a flood, even to the end there will be war and desolations are determined. Then it says, the last verse, He will make a firm covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to the sacrifice and grain offering. On the wings of abomination will come one who makes desolate, even until the complete destruction, one that is decreed and is poured out on the one who makes desolate. Now in this chapter, Daniel is repenting and seeking the Lord on behalf of Israel. Uh, Gabriel appears and tells him the timing for the rebuilding of the city and the temple and the coming of Messiah. And he ties this into this thing of 70 weeks. However, when he explains it, he breaks it up into 69 weeks, 7 weeks plus 62, and describes the things that happen up to the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in AD 70. Then in this last verse, verse 27, he says he will make a firm covenant with the many for a week, that would be seven years, in the middle of the week he will stop the sacrifice, and on the extremity of abomination he will make desolate and a complete destruction. And that will be poured out on him who has decreed to make this desolation. Now this last verse has been understood in almost all prophetic frameworks as being somewhat of a different event, which would require another temple and a destruction after the one of AD 70. So there is a belief in Judaism and a belief in Christianity that another temple will be destroyed. We'll talk about that later. Now there are those who have simply seen this as happening in AD 70 and some who think that this is referring to the Maccabean revolt and therefore this is all history. But there is an event in Daniel 11.31 which we'll talk about next week which is specifically called the abomination of desolation. And according to our text that we just read, someone is going to make a covenant for seven years that he's going to break in the middle by a process that stops the normal sacrifice and unleashes a complete desolation, and this one will be utterly destroyed. And we're going to talk more about this abomination of desolation and this one that we would call the Antichrist or uh, the man of sin later next week. Uh, I want to specifically talk about the, the, uh, the Great Tribulation uh, this week. So to do that, we need to turn to Jeremiah chapter 30. In Jeremiah chapter 30... And we're going to look at 11 verses there real quickly. Uh, Jeremiah says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Write all the words which I have spoken to you in a book. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel and Judah. The Lord says, I will bring them back to the land which I gave to their forefathers, and they shall possess it. So they're coming back into the land. Now he says this. 
Now these are the words which the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. So this is a regathering of Israel and Judah. And he says, Thus says the Lord, I have heard a sound of terror, of dread, and there is no peace. Ask now and see if a man can give birth. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in childbirth? And why have all their faces turned pale? Alas, for the day is great, there is none like it. It is the time of Jacob's troubles or anguish or distress. It depends on your translation there. But he, Jacob, will be saved from it. It will come about on that day, declares the Lord, that I will break his yoke from off his neck and tear off the bonds and the strangers will no longer make them their slaves. But they will serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. In other words, they're going to serve God and so will David. So we're talking about this kingdom after the resurrection. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord. Do not be dismayed, Israel, for behold, I will save you from afar, your offspring from the land of their captivity. Jacob will return and be quiet and at ease, and no one will make him afraid. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to save you. I will destroy completely all the nations where I have scattered you. Only I will not destroy you completely, but I will chasten you justly and will by no means leave you unpunished. Now catch this. God is ultimately going to destroy the enemies of Israel and he's going to do some serious judgment on Israel, but he will always leave a remnant and that remnant ultimately will be saved. Now, as I said, there are people who have thought of this as being about uh, the time of the destruction of the temple in uh, AD 70 or even earlier. And therefore, in their mind, the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel is already fulfilled. It's already complete. It's already done. They're just waiting for the Lord to return. That's that amillennial position. We're going to look at Jesus' words. And again, I told you to read through Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke 21 uh, because we'll keep coming back to them. So we're going to begin with Matthew 24 and see what Jesus says about how we know when the Great Tribulation will happen. We know what will happen after it. We will see those signs. But before it, uh, how do we know when we're in it, right? So Matthew 24, verse 15. Jesus says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, let the reader understand, we'll go into more detail next week, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Whoever's in the housetop must go get down and go back Uh, Don't go back into the house. Whoever's in the field must not turn back to get their cloak. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Notice all of this is happening in Judea. It is happening in Israel. It is happening among those who are obeying the Torah because of the Sabbath and all of that here. He says, for then there will be a great tribulation 
such has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will be. And unless those days, the days of the tribulation, are cut short, no life would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. And if he says to you, Behold, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe him. For false Christs and false messiahs will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. So if they say to you, he's in the wilderness, don't go out there. If they say he's in the inner rooms, don't believe them. For as the lightning comes out of the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Where the corpse is, the vultures will gather. You'll see it. Now, I want you to keep that in mind as we look at Mark's version of this statement by Jesus. In Mark 13, verse 14. When you see the abomination of desolation standing where it should not be, let the reader understand talk about that next week, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. The one who is on a housetop should not go down or go into the house to get anything. The one who is in the field should not go back for his coat. Woe to those who are pregnant and who are nursing in those days. Pray that it doesn't happen in winter. For those days there will be a time of tribulation such as never occurred since the beginning of the creation of God created until now and never will be. And for those days, unless the Lord had shortened those days, no life would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, whom he has chosen, he shortened the days. And if anyone says to you, behold, uh, here is the Christ, or behold, he is there, don't believe them. False Christ and false prophets will arise, will show signs and wonders in order to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But take heed, I have told you everything in advance. Okay. Now, our last verse is uh, in Luke, and Luke says this very, very different, uh, in, and that's important. So, we'll begin with Luke 21, verse 12. Luke says, Before all these things, they will lay hands on you and persecute you, and delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves, for I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. But you will be betrayed by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, And they will put some of you to death. And you will be hated by all because of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish. But by your endurance you will gain your lives. So when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, recognize that her destruction is near. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains, and those who are in the midst of the city must leave, and those who are in the country must not enter the city, because these are the days of vengeance, so that all things which are written will need to be fulfilled. Notice, it doesn't, he doesn't use the word great tribulation, he used the days of vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He's talking about the pouring out of the wrath of God at this same time. Woe to those who are pregnant, 
And to those who are nursing babies in those days, there will be great distress upon the land and wrath to this people. And they will fall by the edge of the sword and will be led captive into all the nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Now, we have these three texts. Jesus gives us clear warning. The flashpoint for the Great Tribulation is Jerusalem in Judea. And it will begin with the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet. That tribulation will begin in Jerusalem. And Jesus says anybody who's following Jesus in there needs to get out. Right? Uh, they need to exit immediately. Don't even grab your bug out bag. Just get out of town. Because the city is going to be surrounded by the nation's armies and God's people are going to be persecuted in a terrible persecution. But for the sake of the elect, those chosen and sealed to be protected during this ordeal so that not even a hair of their head will perish, those will be protected. That is what John sees with that 144,000 Jews. But the rest are subject to death during this period, which will be shorter than three and a half years, shorter than 42 months, shorter than 1,260 days, because as it gets so bad, God, for the sake of that elect, so that all would die, he will shorten that time. Now, we're warned not to believe in signs and miracles during this time because they're coming from false prophets and false Christs who are going to claim that the second coming has already taken place. Uh, but it's not going to be hidden or secret. It will be visible. And we will be gathered, whether living or dead, at the resurrection that follows that great tribulation. So this abomination of desolation will stand in the holy place, the temple in Jerusalem. We have to talk about the rebuilding of the temple. And that will end the sacrifice, which means a temple is going on with sacrifices that are being offered to God. So we're going to talk more about this next week, but we have to look at another text. And this is a text that Paul uh, gives us. And he gives it to us in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. So I'd like you to turn there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul says, Now we request you, brethren, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. We know what that is. That is the resurrection. That you be not quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter even that comes from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one in any way deceive you. It will not come. The day of the Lord, which is that day of vengeance and all of that, will not come until there is the apostasy first. That word means a falling away. And the man of lawlessness, some translations say the man of sin could be the man of Torahlessness, because this is this person is going to turn on the covenant of the Torah, um, uh, is revealed, 
He's the son of destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God and object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I was telling you these things? Okay? And he basically says, uh, you know what restrains him now and what time he will be uh, revealed. The mystery of lawlessness is already at work. There is a lot of Torahlessness already in the, in the last days. Only he who now restrains will do so till he's taken away. Then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his coming and bring to an end by the appearance of his, that is the Lord's coming. This one is, uh, whose coming is in accordance with the activity of Satan, with all power and signs and false wonders, and with all deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth to be saved. And for this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so they will believe what is false. Now, last verse, in order that they may be judged who did not believe the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. Now, Paul is talking about the same thing and telling us there's going to be a great falling away from the faith. People will turn away from the biblical faith. They will have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And at that time, there will be a worship temple to the Lord himself with the sacrifices in place. And what will happen is this one will come into that holy place, claim to be God, and will set up the abomination of desolation that we're going to talk about. Now notice that Paul makes no mention of Christians not being here. He's actually writing to them to say, you know this is going to happen and you're to be watching for it. Now, I want to go back to the chart. I'm going to bring it back up. So, as we return to the chart, in the last days, as they continue to become darker and darker, there will be birth pangs. Now, I don't show those on this chart. They're on the other chart. You can look at those. Jesus said, we're not to think that those birth pangs are a sign of the end. They're simply birth pangs. We're to look for the things that Jesus said to look for. Uh, and Paul talks about this, this falling away from the faith. And in Jerusalem, there will be this covenant of seven years put into place. And in the middle of it, the abomination of desolation will take place in the temple and cause the sacrifices to cease. Now there will be a cry out for people to worship the Antichrist and the beast. And of course... Authentic Jews and Christians will not do this and they will be persecuted. So the sacrifices will stop and that will signal the great tribulation against God's people. It will also unleash the wrath of God upon the earth. And it will last less than three and a half years for the sake of the elect, but it will be intense. Worse than has ever been before. And you know in World War 
uh, two, there was the Holocaust. And while that was also a very short time, there was an enormous amount of death. And the book of Revelation tells us that this will all end with the Lord's coming and taking over to establish the king, his kingdom on earth. Now, we have to look at this in more detail. So next week, we're going to look at this man of lawlessness or man of Torahlessness, this man of sin who sets himself in the temple and sets up the abomination of desolation, who is called by many the Antichrist and is called in the book of Revelation the Beast. So we're going to do that, but we're going to do that uh, next time. Uh, and so I'm going to uh, close in prayer now. And uh, wow, I got done pretty early here. Uh, close in prayer, and I will.